Hey everybody, and welcome back to another half episode of Random Chatterings. I am Arlo Rodriguez. Today we'll be talking about the 2006 Game Boy Advance release, Mother 3, developed by Brandy Brown and HAL Laboratory, written by Shikasato Itoi, and directed by Nobuyuki Inoue. Warning, there will be spoilers. For those who don't know, Mother 3 is the sequel to the 1995 release uh, Earthbound, uh, known as Mother 2 in Japan, which we talked about, good god, two years ago almost. <laughs> Mother 3 was in development hell for a very long time. Shikasato Itoi had a concept for Mother 3, but it kept moving on from a different console to a different console. First, it was going to be released on the Nintendo 64 DD with 3D polygonal graphics, and once the DD ended up being a failure in Japan, they kind of scrapped it, and they kind of had to just rework the whole thing and go back to the more familiar sprite art style that we've seen before. And the game was finally released in 2006 in Japan for the Game Boy Advance. Mother 3 is a JRPG in the classic style in that you play as a character, which we'll go into in a little bit, um, and you walk you walk around this, this vast sprite-based world, and you can see enemies approaching you, or you can choose to uh, approach enemies from behind, and then they'll give you a chance to attack in advance. But unlike other RPGs, um, there, there's an intentional design style in the Mother series that it's like static images, or, but with crazy psychedelic backgrounds. Uh, that kind of meant that are kind of meant to throw you off and kind of create this very unusual atmosphere. You don't even see your characters on screen. You just kind of see the actions that you can make your characters do, and then you see and then you see your enemy on screen. But it's like in Earthbound. Although in this game, though, because you have four different characters that you start off with and they're kind of in your your main party, you have more abilities than you would have had in Earthbound. There's like characters that can like lower defenses or raise attack for all the other party members. There's characters that have elemental. Um, psychic attacks, which is known as PSI in the in the mother games, PSI abilities that only they can do. So that kind of gives you a bit more opportunities for strategies. Unlike in Earthbound, where you more 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 of your options was to like just like gung ho, just attack with everything you got, different different elemental attacks you got. You can kind of be a little bit more strategic about how you you go about your battles. You can have a character like tickle someone to lower the defense, or you can have someone like you could throw a bomb at them or something, and that makes them cry or something, which makes them confused. Um, there's a lot more strategy that goes into Mother 3, but that doesn't really account for the increased difficulty in Mother 3. Mother 3 is way more difficult than Mother 2 was, and that goes into how much more difficult it is to kind of keep your party healthy. You kind of have to keep raising their their HP whenever you can. Um, but then there's some boss battles that just seem to go on for a fucking eternity, and you just have to be really, really patient um, without mentioning too much of this particular boss battle, there's a boss battle against this douchebag. I he's a, he's a douchebag, um, who becomes roboticized, and it's kind of funny though because he has a character who has an interpreter who speaks on his behalf, and but then when you're battling him and then you're launching all these attacks on him, and you're trying to you know survive, 
He just uses this health item, and it brings his health like way back to where it was. And it's like, oh god damn it! And it's just there's a lot of moments in that in Mother Three when boss battles just feel more demoralizing than they did in Earthbound slash Mother Two. So that's something to keep in mind when you're going into Mother Three is that it's a more it's more battle centric than the previous game was, and you kind of have to be a lot more careful when it comes to those boss battles that I mentioned before. Now, something that's structurally different from Mother 2 slash Earthbound is that Mother 3 is actually broken up into chapters. And the chapters introduce different characters, and then eventually those characters will come together um, in the final chapters of the game. First, you're introduced to Lucas, this little eight-year-old boy who has a blonde hairstyle, a little bit of a whip to him. A little, kind of looks a little like Jimmy Neutron, but the hair isn't as pronounced. I might be wrong about that description, I apologize. But anyway, you're introduced to him, and you, you get to see their family, and... I guess what's kind of heartbreaking is that you can name all of the characters in your party, and that means you can name your family members. And if you don't, <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what's going to happen ahead, you might not realize that you might be leading your own family members uh, to potential danger uh, if you name them in a particular way. So be aware of that. Maybe just name your mother. I don't know, a crush in high school or something. It's just something where you don't won't have as much emotional attachment. Um, but anyway, Lucas is kind of a more childish kind of character and in the beginning, and then he eventually grows up to become a stronger character when he kind of has to take responsibility. Not necessarily for things that he did, but just for the way that the story carries out. The story takes a much darker turn than Mother 2 did. Uh, it's, a more, it's more grounded in that sense. There isn't much of the whimsical, just where you kind of have to interpret what happens in Earthbound slash Mother 2. In this game, it's very clear what the story is, is that you're kind of in the sh in your father's shadow. You're kind of thrown into this world that you don't really know what to do. You can't really defend yourself, and then eventually you become a stronger character. As the story goes on, your, your brother seems to get lost, apparently, and it's kind of a heartbreaking moment for the family. Also, your mom dies at the hands of um, some creatures called the Dragos, who are actually meant to be more peaceful characters, but the evil forces transform a Drago into a metallic Drago, and your mother, trying to defend you and your brother, uh, sacrifices herself um, so that you and your brother can get away safely. Um, so that's because that's Lucas's chapter. Apologies. Uh, whew, whew. Uh, the, 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 the tears are going to come in a little later. Then we get introduced to the thief, who I have to introduce as the thief because I do not remember their original names because I named them Onichan because of course I did. <laughs> um, but he has a father, and they go sneak into this castle and they're trying to find this artifact. And while they're going to this artifact, they find the princess, who's actually a bit more of a tomboy kind of character than princesses you know, from other games. So she can actually fend for herself, she can defend herself, and she joins her party. Then in the next chapter, you're introduced to Mr. Douchebag that we introduced before. I think his name is Facade, actually. Well, he captures this monkey, and you actually play as the monkey, and you can actually do battles with, with the monkey. But Facade captures his girlfriend and then says, if you don't follow my orders, 
I will attack your girlfriend or I will, you will never see your girlfriend ever again or something like that. And he has a shock collar around the monkey. And every time the monkey misbehaves, he shocks him. And my, every time you see that motherfucker pushing that button, you just want to rip him to shreds. Like, you motherfucker, you diabolical piece of shit. And that's, that's the whole point. You're supposed to really hate Facade. He's a despicable character. So, somehow more snively than even the character, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. So then the fourth chapter comes along, and you're then the whole party gets together finally. And it's interesting to see how it structures the story in, in such a way where it's like you're going to meet all the characters individually and kind of get a chance to see their personalities, and then they'll all come together. I forgot to mention, another member of your party is your dog, who I named Sonic, because of course I did. And eventually you, start to, you find out that the bad guys are trying to find these needles, I don't remember the specific names, apologies, these needles that if you, if they're released, they have the potential of releasing a dangerous element or like a hidden creature that's been buried underground for like thousands of years or something, or a thousand years. Whoever releases the final needle or the majority of the needles determines what kind of power this dragon will have, whether it'll be a, a malevolent creature or a benevolent creature. So Lucas and his party have to go all, all around the world, all well, the, the world of the game, I guess it's, I should say, to find, to pull out the needles before the, the bad guys do. And as it goes along, you, you realize that someone who is a part of the bad guys is your brother. Your brother has been reprogrammed. First, you've kind of seen this as this helmet person, but you'll recognize him immediately as your brother. And Lucas has to have a difficult thing where he, he doesn't want to fight his brother understandably but you really have no choice because your brother is programmed to kill no matter what there's a lot of things that happen in the story which I, can't, I won't exactly go into right now but there is a chapter that breaks your fucking heart after you fail or your party they kind of get lost um, when, when they're trying to hang on to a plane and your character the rope snake which is one of my favorite characters and I relate to him a lot who's first this like energetic character and then once he fails and he's not able to hold on to the helicopter he becomes a depressed character throughout the rest of the game and you can never cheer him up and it's ah too real man too real but when you fall down then you you're taking to this chapter which is very brief and but very emotional where you're land in a field of sunflowers and there's a voice calling out to you and your dog is with you i believe and you can find your dog and then you're just wandering around this area of sunflowers for seems like ages and eventually you see your mother and you're trying to follow your mother and oh oh it's it hurts it it's just so painful i think that's something else that should be mentioned and we'll get into a very particular example later on but this game is definitely a lot more emotional than previous games were i mean in the scene when you find out your mother dies your father reacts in a very irrational way in a very violent way, but kind of trying to convey his own emotions. And that's actually, I should also mention the sprite work in this game is beautiful for any kind of game. The, the, the amount of details that goes into the animations during cutscenes to make those moments even more profound, like to, like, of course there's like, you know, the walking animations and all that, that are similar to the ones in Mother 2 slash Earthbound. But then when there's moments when the, the characters can emote a little bit more, you get a bit more of a sense of their personalities and it just makes those moments even more dramatic and effective than they would have been otherwise.
fast forwarding through all the stuff I just said, uh, you're you're in the last area and you're you have to actually pull out the final needle, and it turns out that the final needle is in New Pork City, if I have that name correctly. And New Pork City is where you find out that that motherfucker from Mother Two Slash Earthbound is back. And now he has a whole army, which you'll, you probably could tell because all the armies have pig masks on them, which is Porky's, his archetype. It's, it's his, his signature, I guess, his signature look. And <laughs> just to see the sniveling motherfucker again, it's just immediately gets you get a pit in your stomach. I'm just, oh, this is disgusting. And then you start realizing that he's captured all of your people from the village where you grew up in. And now they're living in the city and they go to this theme park. Something I forgot to mention which I should mention now, though, is that Facade introduces televisions into your village, into your... And the village is meant to kind of be, like, like an analog for, you know, society before technology, well, at least before the, the modern conveniences of technology. You're, there's no currency, there's no money, you just... You want an item, they can just give it to you. And But then after technology is introduced, then that's when currency is also introduced. People can get possessed by the televisions, but, like, gradually. It's not, like, something that happens immediately, but it's just having television introduced to them they kind of sucks away their souls and eventually they're taken to the city and they're just oh there's a theme park i'll just go in this theme park oh there's a museum oh whatever i'll just go waste my time at this museum and it's horrible because you talk to them and they have nothing to say or they don't have anything important to say and you just feel that much more that much more enraged by how pork is taking away their humanity and there's definitely a very anti-capitalist very pro-environmentalist message in this game and it's not it's I guess it's subtle in some ways, but not so much in others. It's very, pretty clear what's going on. Eventually, though, you finally do get a chance to pull the final needle, which is on the underground of Pork, New Pork City. And Porky himself actually tricks you into, into following him. And eventually you battle Porky in his giant machine, and there's a way of tricking him into keeping himself permanently encapsulated in a bubble. Uh, it's just... Kind of satisfying, because he's like, "Ah, oh, you can't attack me." Well, we can't. Well, you can't attack us either, motherfucker. So you're just stuck there forever. But then it turns out that once you've gone past Porky and left him in pretty much in his own hell, in his own purgatory for all eternity, then you have to eventually go by yourself. Uh, I think something happens to your other party members, and they get they they become unconscious because of your brother. You have to face your brother by himself, and. uh Oh, wow. Okay. You know all the stuff I said about how great this game does in terms of dramatic, being dramatic, being emotional? This is the apex of it. And I saw a review of this game before I beat it uh, by some call me Johnny who I've talked about in the podcast before. And I, I knew what it would happen, but I still wasn't prepared for what was going to happen. And... Um, you're kind of go through this whole game, and, and the game is kind of self-aware as well. Like it, it makes fun of the tropes all the time, even though it kind of also participates in those tropes. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. It's like, mm. but this this battle, your character, um, who's strong and who's done everything they can to be a strong character, refuses to fight his brother. Doesn't. The only thing you can do throughout this battle, your 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 brother unleashes hell upon you, mercilessly, and all you can do is heal. And throughout the battle, your mother, your your dead mother, appears and tries to talk sense into both of you, 
and and um this battle goes on for a long time i think i think it's it feels long because of how emotional it gets and then when it finally started to really burst into tears like at first i was just like kind of crying a little bit but then i just couldn't stop crying when your mother somehow speaks somehow is able to reach out to both of you and um and you get to see yourselves growing up as little kids growing up in a household as children you know taking care of yourselves and that's when i lost it and that's when i just couldn't i couldn't handle it and i embarrassingly I, of course i waited when my mom left because if she sees me crying she'll think something's wrong with me even though crying is a human emotion anyone can cry um so yeah no i i completely lost it and eventually your brother does have you know you're able to talk sense into him and he removes his helmet um but to save the world ultimately you have to you have to kill your brother um but the game does it in a way where it's not like you are intentionally responsible um throughout this battle i should mention that you have the franklin badge on you and the franklin badge can reflect electrical attacks um back to any 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 enemy so in this battle mark uh, sorry, your brother, um, he launches lightning at you, and it reflects back, and it hits him directly, and he dies in your arms. And then you have no choice but to go, and your character, your, your, your party, they come back to life, and they watch as you pull the final needle out. And then um, there's this torment of, of, of tornadoes and volcanoes erupting and and then it just cuts to black and you don't really know what happens uh, afterwards except that you do because after the credits roll and you get this to the end you can walk around for what i felt like 30 minutes and talk to every character you introduce and they tell you that you're all everything's okay everything's fine uh, which is a really weird way to end the game especially after a, 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 a gut punching moment like that one <laughs> and and they reassure you that oh, everything's fine but you could interpret it that you know since this is it's a black screen you could interpret it as this is just like your final moments before your death it, the game doesn't tell you that's what happens but you can interpret it that way which is just another really dark turn to take for this already pretty dark game something i didn't mention before and i should have mentioned earlier is that Porky's operation, uh, as I mentioned before about the Drago, is to convert all animals into these these disturbing-looking hybrids, these inhuman-looking hybrids, and some of them are machines and animals, and some of them are just like animals, like animal hybrids, uh, and meant to kind of create this this army of creatures. And there's and there's a lot of plot details. I didn't want to talk about the whole plot as a whole. I just wanted to talk about parts of it that are I think significant to the game itself. Because it, this game this game is definitely worth experiencing. But I just wanted to go over those very very basic plot details. And of course I had to talk about that boss battle because um, when I was playing the game I wasn't sure if this, I was going to do a mini on it. But when I did that boss battle, I had to I had to talk about it for the podcast. I I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. But yeah, that's that's the story of Mother 3.
as I mentioned before, the this, this story gets very dark in ways that people who played Mother 2 couldn't have expected. And I applaud the game for taking that kind of direction with it, because even with the cutesy sprite style, it's able to tell a very dramatic story, very compelling story that I would imagine people playing the game and trying to ask themselves like what why play this when you already have earthbound isn't this game just aping earthbound style isn't it too much like earthbound and in some places it is the quirkiness of earthbound is definitely there but because of how much more focused it is on characters that's the justification you need for another game is that there's this story about you know environmentalism and about nature being preserved against the the direction society is going into with machines and with technology Taking chances like that, I think that's what really justifies this game for me, and it kind of completes the trilogy. I, admittedly, I haven't played the original Mother, which was finally released in the US as Earthbound Beginnings, but that's just because that game is very, very difficult, and Earthbound is kind of a remake of sorts, a spiritual remake of Mother, so you don't really need to play the original Mother, you can just kind of play Earthbound and Mother 3. But that's actually an important detail to mention. Uh, how did I play Mother 3 if it was if I said it was released in Japan? Well, the thing is, there's a very fervent community of dedicated fans for the Mother series. And they've been clamoring for a US release of Mother 3 for ages. And it's been rumored and it's been joked about. Even Nintendo's joked about it. I think there's a funny uh, <laughs> robot chicken sketch where someone asks, what about Mother 3? And then Reggie gets a fire flower and burns the guy. <laughs> um, so they know, they know. And I think one of the reasons why they might they might not have localized it is because the story is a lot is like for a child for a childish game, it takes such balls in terms of the direction of its story that might have been kind of considered like horrific for younger audiences. But nowadays, I think because of the reputation of the mother series, I think nowadays they could just go ahead and localize it anyway or they could finally have it sent overseas because I think we can handle it. There's been a lot more games with a cutesy aesthetic like Undertale, which I talked about previously, that can do really dark stories, but we can still play it and accept it for what it is and enjoy it for what it is. The composer for Mother 3 was Shogo Sakai, and the soundtrack is beautiful. It somehow was able to kind of stay within the Mother, you know, feeling of the games, like the more like optimistic cutesy nature of them but still kind of compose something a little bit differently kind of take a different approach to it not do as much sampling as earthbound and kind of define itself on its own terms uh, and there's probably you'll probably hear a couple of selections from mother 3 under this episode so i think it is time for people to finally experience um, mother 3 you know the way it was intended on the console or or on the 3ds however they want to do it or not want to do it i guess um so i the, how i played mother 3 is uh, fans created a local, like an English patch of the Mother 3 ROM, which you can put onto the game, and then it translates the entire game into English. And it was a work of love from all of these types of people, these different types of people who are actually professionals in localization. So the localization was done as accurately and authentically to the Mother series as it possibly could have. And it's an, uh, it's, it's an absolute, it's an astonishing feat. And Unfortunately, that is the only way that if you're curious enough about Mother 3, unfortunately, you will have to get an emulator and the ROM, uh, which I won't mention how to get those, but, and with, with the patch, and that is currently the only way to play Mother 3, but hopefully Nintendo, they will see the light at some point, and they'll surprise us one day and they'll say, here's Mother 3, here it is, 
as it was released. Well, not as it was released, because then it would be in the Japanese text, but like localized. It, and here it finally is for you to finally enjoy after all these years. And it's worth it. It's it's an incredible, simplified story, but still because of how authentic it, it feels with its characters, with its environments, the beautiful sprite backgrounds. It, 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 sprite artwork is such a beautiful thing. And even though we're trying to move towards polygonal backgrounds, even some of the recent 3DS games are more about 3D models. There really isn't nothing, nothing in the world like the gorgeous sprite artwork that we get. And I think there's there's like a transition also towards like hand painted kind of, of of a look, which is also good. But there's nothing quite like sprite artwork, and I really hope that doesn't die out with, you know, the, the feature of gaming. I hope that's something that can still be preserved. And this game is a wonderful example of what you can do with that medium. Um, man. <laughs> I thought Earthbound was an emotional experience, but Mother 3 has been especially... Mostly just because I have a brother who I've talked about in the show, who I sent a farewell episode to on the show, so... Uh, yeah, I, he means a lot to me. And to kind of have a story kind of reinforce that, talk about brotherhood or about just about siblings... Uh, it, it, took, it, it, it really spoke to me in ways I just was not anticipating. And uh, I really hope you give it a chance. Even though, like I said, it means are limited to how to experience it. But if you really want to, and and you have that game's fairly short. I think it's like 30 hours for an RPG, maybe 25 hours. If you want to experience the game for yourself, please give it a shot. You'll not be disappointed. And it's so apt that the Mother series concluded in that way because it really is like one of the most magical things that Nintendo's ever developed. Shigesato Itoi is, is, is someone, a huge person to thank for that because it was, it was his, it was his brainchild and it's wonderful to see him finally get to conclude his story the way that he intended. And if you can, if you, if, if you can find a way to play this game, play it. It's absolutely worth your time. And those are my thoughts on Mother 3. This has been Random Chatterings. Thanks for listening, everybody.